Are you just trying not to get rid of your hiccups so that you have like 10 minutes of you hiccuping to use as a blooper in this episode? <laughs> no. You're listening to Swept Together, the story of a modern romance between two adventurers at home, at work, and on the road. We're your hosts, Annabelle and Christian. Join us as we explore the world and make our home together wherever we end up. Because after all, home is... Up next with Marriage on Deck. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Swept Together. And this week, we have a very exciting interview for you guys coming all the way from the West Coast, actually from, like, my hometown. Yeah, very close by. Yeah. We are bringing to you Danielle and Howard Taylor of Marriage on Deck. Yeah, they are located right near where you grew up in Southern California, yeah. And uh, we chatted with them a few weeks ago, and we are really excited to be sharing this episode with you this week. Yeah, and what you're going to hear is them talking about the importance of roles in their business, of which they have like a hundred of them. <laughs> and they also tell us a story of how they handled losing their first child and um, what kept them together through all of that. It was pretty amazing to hear how the two of them navigated this big grief, this big loss together, and how they keep connected to each other, even when maybe things aren't, you know, super romantic or happy for a period of time. Yeah. And you'll also learn about why they think marriage is the most enjoyable and blissful experience that an individual can have. Well, I guess not an individual, but a couple can have yeah. Two individuals together. And I think whether or not you are married, this interview is still going to have some really great takeaways uh, for, you know, relationships, how to approach relationships, long-term partnerships. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff in this episode. Yeah, and we've been killing it lately with the interviews. We've had so many this month. Humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't listened to any of those interviews, you can go back to our archives at swepttogether.com. All of them are there. And you can <laughs> listen to interviews from Hey Sweet Pea or Dubsado or like interviewing each other. I guess that counts. I don't know. There's been a lot of great episodes released recently so definitely dig back into the archives and listen to some of those past interviews because there is gold there yeah and if you um are wanting to keep up with us where we're at and what we're doing you can check out our instagram or facebook or twitter accounts at swept together yep so without further ado let's jump right into the interview with danielle and howard of marriage on deck Welcome, Danielle and Howard of Marriage on Deck. How are you guys? How are you guys? Good, good. So great to have you guys here with us. Yes, albeit virtually, we're here in um, Charleston, South Carolina. Where are you guys at right now? Are you guys in Southern California? We are. We're Southern California natives. We're in a city called Fontana, about 50 miles east of Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar. I grew up in... Actually, I, I saw that you guys uh, went to Cal State Fullerton. I, I grew up in your Belinda Placentia area. Yes, so. right whoop, whoop. there. Nixon Library. That, <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> right down the road from me. It, literally right down the road from me. Let's claim the fame, man. Yeah, that's right. 
awesome. Yeah, I went to a high school just close to there. My sister went to Troy High School um, right around the corner from, from Cal State. And I think like half my family went to Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> To be cool. honest. Because it's the best school. That's right. Go yeah, touch right. Titan. Yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> cool as well with all their perfect SAT score mm-hmm. students. I know. Troy is like an incredible high school. Yeah, it really is. Is that so? Tell tell me, uh, is that how you guys met? We, did you guys meet in college, or did you guys meet beforehand, or how did you guys meet? That is exactly how we met. We met at Cal State Fullerton's Bible study in two thousand one. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Nice. I know wow. a, long time. a long while ago, yeah, right. It doesn't even seem like it's been that long, but um, I showed up to the Bible study nice and late, and <laughs> right, he was in the right. front. That was the first time I showed up to the Bible study late, and he was in the front. And I noticed that he was answering all the questions and flipping to the right pages in his Bible. And I said, I got to meet this guy. He's in the front row, and he's paying attention, and he knows mm. his Bible. This is my kind of guy. Right, right. <laughs> So now, uh, how did you feel, Howard, for uh, about Danielle making you wait all that time? <laughs> Listen, man, I saw her walk in, and so it was kind of like one of those movie moments where he, she, Danielle, my wife is so beautiful. She's so beautiful. When she Aww, walked in, thank you. I, I remember looking at her, I was like, God, you know, in Bible study, I was like, God, that girl's fine, you know? I was <laughs> it was a little distracting for the positive. And I just got this feeling like, you know, I have to talk to her after the fact. And I ended up striking up conversation with her after after the Bible study. So, you know, it's weren't focused on one more. I wasn't focused on the Bible all too much because I definitely was uh, engaged in my wife and ended mm-hmm. up talking to her after the fact. He acted like he wanted to talk more about the Bible study when really he just wanted to give me his phone number. Oh, <laughs> oh all right. All right. So who, who made the first move? Is that you, Howard? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> definitely purposeful i had this like highlighter and i had an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and i wrote my number on the whole eight and a half by 11 so she couldn't lose it <laughs> the whole deal you know what i mean i was like yeah i got i got to do something a little bit different opposed to a little piece of scrap paper but no i you know it was she was beautiful but honestly at that point it was like i just want to get to know her and i hope yeah. i hope that i hope and pray that she calls me and Aww. then she totally did not call me <laughs> Denied. Denied. I had every intention on calling. I just got really busy. I just got really busy and it took me a long time to call, but I was definitely 100% planning to call. All right. So you eventually called. Absolutely. The rest is history. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, that's the one way to make a statement, a giant highlighter on on a big piece of paper. Absolutely, I mean, that's, man. That's how you did it back in the day. Is just uh, you wrote down your actual phone number on paper, <laughs> on, yeah. on an actual piece of paper. Yeah, man. These new the, <laughs> these newer kids don't know anything about that sheet of paper. It wasn't. Small. It was I know. This is two thousand one. I mean, cell phones were out. But it wasn't like right. You know, you were writing stuff down for sure. Still, exactly. Yeah, two thousand one was like what, like the Nokia's and like the the, <laughs> the razors. Phones, no, not even the T9. razors, right? The Star Tech wasn't even Star Tech. Star Tech. You're like this. If you had caller ID on the outside of the phone, you were super cool. <laughs> I know. At that point, you're like, yeah, I know who's calling me. <laughs> <laughs> so after Danielle finally finally called you back, 
Um, at what point in your relationship did you guys realize that this was something that had long-term potential that you were like, you know, in it for the long-term? Two weeks in. For, for me, I knew. We, Two we weeks? Talked. Whoa. Yeah, crazy, right? When she called me, we talked every day for hours on the day for two weeks straight. Just, wow. just every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when she finally called and after two weeks we started dating and um, we, we didn't know for at that point when we started dating that we would get married, but we definitely said to each other, I remember us saying to each other, like, you know, maybe after six months, I told my wife, I said, six months, I think I know if, you know, we'll be married. I was really a kind of like a, a purposeful driven young man at that <laughs> point. But um, I, I knew because I had a broken family, the reason why I had a broken, my father wasn't home. I always knew I wanted to be a husband. I always knew I wanted to have a wife and I always knew I wanted to have family. So that was always like part of my, my plan since I was like 12. So when I met her and we we're such great friends, it was just like, man, if we're going to date, hopefully she's the one and hopefully this is my wife and we'll know maybe in six months. And I was his first real girlfriend. True. First real girlfriend. All right. So you had a lot of fake like Canadian girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of I have friends, right? You know, I was 18 when I met Daniel, so I was like, yeah. you know, and what if, if I'm going to be 18, 17, 16, I'm probably not going to marry you. So we're friends. <laughs> yeah. We like each other and stuff like that, but she was my first like true girlfriend like, oh shoot, you know. It's uh, a true committed relationship and Yeah. I was going to say, I second what Howard said, but I knew like right away as well, like day one, I thought this guy is so perfect. Yeah. If he, I felt like this, like if he really, if his personality is really like how he's coming off and portraying to be, I would totally marry him. And at that time I wasn't even like, I mean, we were 18 and 19. I wasn't even thinking about marriage. I wasn't planning on getting married. I planned to be like a career woman. And so I was just like, wow, he's so amazing. If he stays this way, I would marry him like when we got older. And he never <laughs> changed. <laughs> nice. 16 years later, brother. Yes. 16, 16 years together. Years. Awesome. Well, congratulations, guys. That's that's huge. That's awesome. Thanks. Uh, so you mentioned um, you mentioned your desire to be like a career woman. I know that um, you guys have been very entrepreneurial throughout the course of your relationship. Um, could you tell us a little bit about um, the different things that you were involved in and how you kind of, uh, how did you go from all those different businesses? Because that sounds, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> the businesses that we've had over the years, initially started off as a videography business. My husband's degree is in radio TV film, so he was recording weddings and things like that. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember we talked about that. Yes. I was, yeah. (laughs) So then after that, we um, started investing into real estate. We had bought our second home like around 2007. We got married 2005, and we bought a house 2005, and in 2007, we started venturing out into real estate. And then um, after that, also in 2007, we bought a Juice It Up franchise. And then, oh, our online hospitality management school. Yep, we started, we started wow. a school. Then I had a, uh-huh, yeah, online. This is, this is what year? 2014. 2014, wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I also had an online clothing store. Retail store, uh-huh. And then we started a business consulting firm. 
because of our business experience. Because of our business experience and people always, you know, asking us for advice and, and yeah. how to how to get started and then uh oh yes and then marriage on deck are it's like a marriage ministry marriage movement coaching speaking type of thing so it's not really well that's that's our current thing so the current businesses that we have now is the business consulting the hospitality management school and marriage on deck the other ones yeah. we have sold or um and real estate. We're still oh yeah and we're still in real estate too and you still have you guys have so much stuff going on. So many it's, irons in the fire. Yeah, that's amazing. really. That's so awesome. How do you guys, you know, how do you guys keep it together? You know, what do you guys, what's your guys' roles in each of those things? You know, how do you, how do you manage so, all of those different, you know, ventures together? So, so, so that you mentioned something, roles are important. I'll touch on that in a second. Because you guys also have to, I want to give you some backstory. Dan and I, one of the things we realized about each other, right? Everybody has like passions typically mm -hmm. right for us our like passion was business and so f it, we we would we realized early on that we would just sit around and talk about creative ideas and mm -hmm. businesses and real estate and all these all these things and like that would be like m the majority of our conversation was right. that but it didn't bother <laughs> us it didn't feel like work because we always thought on an entrepreneurial level and so out of that first business, it kind of established uh, almost a bug in us. Between business and travel, those were like our Christmases every day. Yes. Oh, so, really? Yeah, it was like a, it was it was like our thing. It was like our vice. Like we always wanted to talk about traveling somewhere and doing business. And so, and so, it was really easy for us to talk about it. But then when we we had our first business, we went, we we learned from our first one or two businesses what, what why roles was so important. And so one of the things we established with um, couples that we coach is whatever you get into together, it's, it's, it's paramount to establish a critical role, like an org chart. Who's going to be the CEO of this venture? Maybe with Marriage on Deck, Daniel's the CEO and I'm the administrator. Maybe with Walking on Water Productions, I'm the CEO and Daniel's the administrator. I'm the treasurer. We, def we define those roles based off of who's most skilled in that mm -hmm. particular arena. Mm -hmm. Right, and, right. And, and by defining the by defining the role, the role itself is just to make the business go. With everything that we do, we believe that we're both the owners, operators, and proprietors. Right. And so that 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 makes that makes it so that nobody could usurp authority over the other person. We're both vested interests. We're both owner shareholders and have stock in whatever we do. But our roles allow for who's going to be the final decision maker mm -hmm. and how we're going to support each each venture. And mm -hmm. so. Um, with the way we handled the transitions between these businesses um, came initially with very little planning. Okay, <laughs> so we wow. we, had, we had a lot of failures before we had successes, like yes. most things in life. Yes. Of course, when we first got into business. I mean, no business plan, no feasibility, no nothing. We just no business experience. It was just nothing but unbridled ambition. Uh huh. But unbridled ambition to get you out in the field where you maybe where you start to get you out of the ocean where you begin to sink. And so we had some sunken experiences mm -hmm. uh, for sure that we could discuss if you guys would like, but off of those sunken experiences now, as we progress in our 12 year marriage, we begin to plan a whole lot more in the mm -hmm. transition. We never move forward without us both being 100% in agreement, yes. without us both counting all the costs of the business or the venture because of our past failures and our past hurts and, and all that wonderful stuff. Yeah. So you guys, you guys have all these things that you do separately. How do you, you know, how did you 
come up with your shared projects and your shared vision? Like, how did that all materialize? A lot of the things that we do is a separate vision. So, for example, Daniel mentioned our production company was my vision. Yeah. And I shared that with my wife. And we believe that in marriage, you're one. And so in sharing my heart, my vision with her, my wife is a natural supporter. Um, and her natural, she's a, I call her a master researcher. She loves to help and help people research and help people establish their ideas. And I'm more of a visionary type person. And so a lot of times when we first started talking about business, it came like where I had a million one ideas and she had a, she had the research and the analytical component for days. Oh, wow. And then vice versa. Yeah, for sure. So we kind of complimented each other in that regard. And then she began to, of course, share her, her ideas and her ventures with me. And then we started talking about how I could support her and her ventures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we work as, as a tandem or as a partner based off of whose vision it is. But one, one of the things we talk about agreement, agreement is extremely important in marriage mm-hmm. because I may have a vision. I may feel passionate about something and move forward and do it. But without your spouse's support, it is going to become cumbersome uh-huh. to the detrimental to the relationship very, very fast, no matter how passionate I am about it. Because again, marriage is one, everything we do, we believe that you share and you do together. And that, that, that prevents the divide and the dissension within the marriage because it's common. It's, We've agreed to do it together. Whereas if I do my own thing all the time, it yeah. brings separation between us. Right. It takes mm-hmm. time away from the family. Get, yeah, yeah, we don't really get the point. Out. Right. And that's pretty much what I was going to say as well, is that we don't do anything separate. Nobody has their own thing going on at all. So it's always, like Albert said, a team effort for us to help each other and support each other any way we, we can. Uh, you mentioned your your current thing, your current project, you know, is Marriage on Deck. Um, how did it start? And um, Howard, you mentioned you were the idea, you're the idea guy. Was this was this your idea, or how did this how did this come about? So this was a we idea. Tru- <laughs> truly, this one was a we. This one was not my idea at all. This was a we idea. Um, when we got married early on, we would give a lot of our friends advice because we just Dale and I believed in having fun in our relationship. And so a lot of people are like, God, it seems like you guys have fun and traveling and right. seem to have a good head on your shoulders about this marriage thing. And they would give it, they would ask us for advice. And we were like, we're 21. We don't, yeah. we're tw- I mean, we're 23. <laughs> yes, we could tell you advice. But then we figured, we found ourselves talking to like 40 year olds. Right. Like, people have been married for like 12 years and stuff like you guys are good. You guys should start something. Right. And so this idea actually came from other people really telling right. us that we should start coaching and counseling couples because they felt like they, our advice was was impactful to their lives, to their marriages. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, well, let's do it. And then and then we began working on how it would look like for us to coach and counsel uh, couples. Go and ahead, one, one thing I was just going to add is that it took us a long time to yeah. even branch out into this. Because like Howard said, people would always come to us for advice and, and talk to us. But then we, and they're telling, oh, you should write a book and you should guys should do conferences and you should speak at places. And we kind of felt like a little bit like, uh, like, who would listen to us? Underqualified. Yeah, underqualified. Yeah. We basically yeah. felt un- 
qualified. Like who would listen to us? We haven't been married for 20 and 30 years. Like what, you know, what can we possibly tell someone? But then 2016, we kind of turned a corner. So 2016 came and up until now, as you all have heard, we were pursuing our careers. We were pursuing our businesses. We was all, we were all about, you know, making money and getting uh, established financially. But for us, for us personally, spiritually, we wanted to see, okay, what is our spiritual purpose mm -hmm. and how can we work together using our existing you know skills and talents to help serve our community and to help serve people who need the the a, a solution to the problem that they have that we can offer and so um december i think it was december december, december we went on a fast to um we went on a fast together to kind of get an idea of what we felt like God would tell us to do so that we wouldn't just be pursuing another business, you know, just starting another thing, just trying to make more money. Like, okay, we're setting all of that to the side, not literally setting it to the side, but just like in thought and theory, let's set this to the side and let's really look within what is our purpose outside of just making money. And so then we felt like, God told us um, to talk to people about our marriage. And so we were like, okay, talk to people about our marriage. Exactly. And so we felt like we had a clear a clear plan um, going forward on how to get started, who to, what to talk about, um, when to get started. We just, we just started really praying and listening to what we felt like God was telling us to do. And one of that, that thing came out was Marriage on Deck. So we had started recording um, Facebook live videos talking about- yep what we considered at the time to be basic marriage topics, but then they became really, I guess, well, I don't want to say really, because really is subjective, but they became su successful to us. Yeah. <laughs> Our idea of successful. Yeah. That was just based off of people's feedback and how, right. how it was helping. I, mean, right. I, I, I also want to just add to what Daniel said. 2016, we, we learned in business, you have to be passionate about it. So we, you oh, all yes, candidly, we have, we have some things that we started that we weren't passionate about. It was just like the flavor of the month or yes. it was trendy. And like, we were like, okay, we're going to get into this and it'll be fun. But then we, you know, once, once I guess the glamour or the, or yes, the honeymoon period, we, just like with marriage, once the honeymoon wears off, if you're not passionate about it, it's not enough to sustain you. And so 2016 was also a year where we, we got very passionate about what we saw in our community. It was a year where we looked at other people's marriages, like personal friends, family members oh, yes. close to us were getting divorces. They were dealing with adultery. Frankly, they were dealing with infidelity and just drug addiction, drug addiction and pornography. Just a, a, just a ton of things up. were like coming up in like our sphere of influence and our circle of influence. And if, to be honest, even day on now where we enjoyed our marriage, we, 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 that even 2016, we felt like we needed additional refresher mm -hmm. um, to our marriage, even within ourselves. And so we were watching all this wow. stuff happen in marriage, and we were just like, hey, yes, like what the heck? Marriage is, yes. is a beautiful thing. We love our marriage. We, what is going on? Why is it being so attacked? And so we wanted to go on the offensive yes. opposed to being on the defensive with marriage. We wanted to go on the offensive and start scoring some points and helping <laughs> people out yes. and, and huh. getting passionate about something that we are extremely passionate about and that's marriage and love right wow sounds like that you guys had a lot of struggles oh yeah and, uh, i mean not just that was that list wasn't our whole relationship oh yeah no not that wasn't from our relationship no <laughs> but just relationships around us but uh, absolutely though we've had our own bouts of struggles as well well what kind of struggles um can you guys talk about those and you know like what what kind of um, role they played in your current relationship, in your life? 
Sure. Absolutely. Uh, we've had um, maybe a couple big struggles, maybe a, maybe one or two, but our main struggle was that 2013, after eight years of marriage, we had our first child at 23 weeks, so about a day before six months, and he lived oh, for four days and passed away. Oh, so that was like the biggest thing for us that yeah. shook like everything, you know, that we were accustomed to. We weren't expecting yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Nobody plans for death, right? So, right? so that was our biggest thing. And, you know, when it comes to having grief in a marriage, statistics say that, okay, the majority of couples who endure a death end up divorcing. Right. But for us, we made a conscious choice right away from the very beginning, like, we are going to stick together. We're going to be each other's support, sounding board. If we're going to be depressed, we're going to be depressed together. If we're going to be happy, <laughs> we're going to be happy together. We're, we will not point fingers at each other. We will not blame each other. We will stand tall to the end, no matter what you know comes out of this going forward. So that was like our really, really big thing that, because that's outside of even us, you know what I mean? When yes. our child- yeah. The way that impacted our family, our friends, it just really impacted everyone around us. So that was like one of our really main struggles. And then coming down from there from a lower scale, our juice it up business was like the most disastrous debacle of all of our businesses. Oh no. <laughs> yes. It just affected everything. It Finance, yes, time. Yes. Oh, it was it was a debacle is a great word for it. Yes. And we had to thank yeah. God, right? We had two good jobs, two high paying jobs, right? If it wasn't for those jobs, we probably would have really went under. Wow, those jobs were <laughs> our business was making money, but the produce and the product and running it was was taking every dollar that it made and it's also a seasonal oh, wow. business so you don't want a, a business that is very successful in spring and summer and then pretty much dead in fall and winter because people aren't really trying to buy smoothies and stuff like that in the winter time so that helped us grow together as well because even then we had to decide we can't point the finger like oh this was your bright idea oh this was your bright idea you know now we we're not making any money and we're paying all of our employees directly out of our pocket and yes we could have wow. walked away probably year one but we were trying to be consistent we were trying to be persistent we were trying to really dig deep to see like is there any way we can make this work we didn't want to just um throw in the towel and then also jeopardize the, the 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 employees that we had how they depended on the money as well so we just really learned that was our first major struggle before our baby even and so at that time we realized like we're best friends outside of our marriage relationship outside of being husband and wife above anything we are friends we started off as friends and if we were it, you know when you're just in a friendship with someone and things go wrong you don't stop being friends with them you don't turn against each other and Especially say your best, friend. Yeah, yeah. your best friend right you don't turn against each other and say hey best friend you made this dumb decision i'm gonna stop talking to you you know or, or don't don't call me yeah you're imperfect and, and your your decisions aren't wise, so don't call me anymore. You just stick together. You're like, hey, girls, call me if you need help or, you know, hey, man, if you have right, somebody, I'm here for you. And so that's pretty much how we treated each other best friend. as best friends. Like, we're in this till the end. I don't want to say, like, ride or die, even though that's the going saying <laughs> right now, but yeah. we're like, <laughs> ride or die even way back then. I think on this show, we've never really talked about death or, you know, how we've how people have coped with it. I've recently, I mean, within the past year, have had to deal with somebody close, um, my grandfather who who died. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if, you know, that was the first person I think in my life that I've had to like really deal with 
that was, you know, close. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you guys, you know, I, I mean, that's, that, that's not the same kind of relationship as a, as, as a child, a parent and child relationship. Um, but how did you guys deal with that? How did you cope with the, with, with that event? Yeah. So, so, you know, it is, you're right. Death is, is shocking. I don't think I had really dealt with death to that degree either Me at neither. that point, nor had Danielle. And so it was, it was definitely shocking because it wasn't part of the plan and it was unexpected. Um, right. What, what we learned from, what we learned from losing a person is there's no easy uh, solution. Like there's no aspirin or Tylenol mm. that you could take right. to make the pain of grief go away. Grief is like, Grief has its, it has a season, you know, Cycle. Mm-hmm. because whenever you think about losing your grandfather or a parent or a, a child, the thought is always a tough thought, mm-hmm. you know, until you, until you go home uh, yourself, right? And hopefully you meet him again. But in the process of dealing with grief, you, you have to, it, it's almost like you have to learn how to deal with the seasons of life. So there's times where it's sunny in the summertime and you, 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 you change accordingly. Maybe you turn on the AC, maybe you dress lighter, but then there's times where stormy season where you have to put on an umbrella to protect yourself and a raincoat with grief emotions, especially in support of my wife and her in support of me, we had to learn what, how do you put on your raincoat when, when you grieve? Mm -hmm. Maybe the raincoat is not going to go out and go to a comedy club, laugh it out. Maybe your raincoat is just crying together or just, or just even just, uh, 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 sharing memories together. Right. Like maybe that's the raincoat to help you get through the rainy season because the rainy season is going to come mm-hmm. with grief. And that's just the thought process. But a sunny season is around the corner. Most people with grief don't know how to cope with the rainy season. And so when Danielle said, when we went through the grief of our son, the thought of losing him was very tough. And so if Danielle would have had to put on a raincoat and I wasn't there to help her, maybe help hold the umbrella over her head, and she wasn't there to help me put on my rain boots to go through that season, then we wouldn't even want to get to the summer season with each other mm-hmm. because we felt like we didn't right, support, right. Mm-hmm. We didn't support each other in the stormy season. Right. And so it wasn't it, it, the way we d- got through it was supporting each other when it was pouring torrential rain yes. of tears and of sorrow and of questioning God and of questioning why this would happen to us and not someone else. And all the things that we don't understand is that we were able to, basically shelter each other through that season. And that support helped us deal with the emotion because the emotion is real. Mm-hmm. You can't desensitize the emotion of loss. And the other thing. Oh, no. Yeah. It's an explanation. And I agree wholeheartedly. But also the other thing as well is we allowed each other to take as much time as the person needed. Absolutely. And we didn't judge each other. So if I'm crying my eyes out and Howard's just like sitting there hugging me, I'm not asking him like, oh, well, how come you're not crying too? Or, you know, why aren't you more sad? Or why aren't you this? Or why aren't you that? It's like we just allowed each other to grieve in our own way that we needed to and didn't question, didn't judge, didn't criticize, didn't point any fingers. Yeah, didn't rush. Like however long or short it takes you, that's fine. If it takes you longer than me, that's fine. If it, I mean, I'm not saying you ever get over it, but I'm just saying to be able to, you know, kind of move on. If it takes shorter than me, that's fine. But we, from the beginning, um, just allowed each other to take as much time as needed. And then also we were very, very heavily reliant on prayer Mm -hmm. because for us, that was like, we're very spiritually mature and grounded. And so in focus, right. So So that really helped us personally. So you, you mentioned that in 2016, when you were getting ready to start marriage on deck, um, 
you guys were at a place where you needed like a, a refresh in your relationship. Yeah. How has having this this shared project uh, brought you guys closer together? We'd love to hear maybe some of the benefits, some of the challenges of of working on this new project with this shared vision together. I'll start with um, the some of the benefits. We believe that outside of romance and obviously in marriage, hopefully sex and things of that nature that bonds us together, intimacy that bonds us together. We believe that it's your, your, your passions, your goals or, or projects that, that keep you connected when romance isn't there. Right. When, when things aren't funny. Right. Um, at least we have this, this project that we're both passionate about Mm-hmm. That keeps us interwoven and connected, mm-hmm. and so we definitely felt like marriage on deck has been that in this season, like a, a new refresher of purpose. Because it's for us, it's like our charity. Mm-hmm. It's it's like that thing that like you're extremely passionate about, mm-hmm. and because we're both passionate about us, it helps us to communicate when to, when there's times where maybe uh, couples don't feel like communicating. But since you're both passionate about this subject. It's a communal conversation that you that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows us, as Daniel mentioned earlier, to be able to spend quality time together right. outside of parenting, outside of business and work. Right. Marriage on Deck allows us to have time where we're spending quality time doing something that we love to do with other couples. And so it helps us be able to draw closer through that regard. And if quality time, which for me is one of my languages, one of my love languages, it helps complement that. Uh, for sure. The, the, I would say some of the negatives to taking on any business venture or extracurricular activity is that it can be cumbersome on other things that you may be obligated to do. Right. And so if your husband works all the time or if your wife works all the time or if your husband or wife is the domestic engineer and they're parenting and, mm-hmm. you know, you have multiple children you have to raise and, and then you maybe have family that you need to take care of or see adding something to that. Right. Could become like taxing and time consuming. And if you don't add something to it with balance, then it's like, okay, well, you're not doing this over here. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I'm trying to focus Mm -hmm. on marriage on deck. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, if you don't have a good balance in part, if you don't, if you're not prioritizing your life well. Right. It could become a, it could become detrimental to your marriage because it, because you don't balance out all the responsibilities that you have because they don't go away. Right. And then two, I was going to add specifically, unlike any of our other businesses with Marriage on Deck, it requires us to really walk the talk. You know what I mean? So we can't get yeah. on, we can't get on our videos and talk about effective communication techniques and mm-hmm. and, you know, managing your finances or how to treat your spouse and all these things and then get off and not really carry that out in our own relationship just because of our own inner conscious, we wouldn't be able to do that. And then people are always watching. You know what I mean? Our, our, our viewers are people that we know and people that we don't know. And so we don't ever want to be caught somewhere at church, at the movie theater, at the mall or wherever, and not uphold what we're teaching people to do in our own videos. So it really helps us like, okay, we, we're, we're only telling them what we believe in anyways, but it's still a good reminder like, okay, you know, sound the alarm, put up the flag. Don't forget, we don't agree with X, Y, Z. Don't, you're violating the boundary or we set this rule and you're going over it. So it really help us, helps us to, to stay the course and, and to really 
um, live that life. Live out. the life. Yes. Live that life. Out. A good mm-hmm. chef enjoys their food. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> if you're not eating your own food, I worry about you a little bit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you guys have a, a YouTube channel with over a dozen videos. You know, 45 minutes to over an hour long, where you talk a lot about you know how how to set marriage goals, um, some communication techniques. You know how to make a, your spouse your best friend. Really good advice um, for for our listeners. Definitely go check that those out um, on your YouTube channel. We'll and we'll link to all of your guys's um, to all your guys's content online. But selfishly, I want to know, you know, what's the best relationship advice that you would give to a new newly married couple? For example, the ones that are you know talking to you right now. <laughs> Who maybe just got married like a month ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would say that every relationship should have a performance evaluation. Just Ooh. in our jobs, right? We, we, this is one of our favorites. <laughs> when you apply for a job and you get hired at a job, you say, you sign on the dotted line that you're going to agree to do all of the qualifications that the job requires. And then at a set interval, whether it's three months or six months or once a year, your boss brings you in the office and goes over whether or not you're meeting those requirements, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? What you're doing well yeah. and what areas you're do- not, not doing so well and that requires improvement. So we believe that relationships should also have that. And the reason why is because no one can read your mind. Nobody knows what your inner deep thoughts are, what your needs and desires are, unless you tell them. And so when you Mm -hmm. come together in a set interval, for us, I think it's like once a quarter even, you just get together and you say, hey, how am I doing? What areas can I improve on? What do you want me to do more of? What do you want me to do less of? Is there anything that I've been doing that will be an absolute deal breaker? And the rule is that you can't, either. neither party can take it personal. You can't right. get upset and turn it into an argument and storm out. Like this is truly for the benefit of the marriage. And if you don't have these conversations or someone doesn't feel confident or uh, safe, you know, to mention the areas that you need to improve on, then how can you go forward? So we are major advocates for having consistent performance evaluations, consistent relationship evaluations. And for new couples, probably better to have them more frequent right. than a couple that's been married for a long time, maybe more necessary. And then we always say with performance evaluations, just like at the job, you never want your boss to come into a work performance evaluation and give you all negative with no positive. So right. always remember to lead with sugar and then add some salt. <laughs> Lee with sugar, mm. add salt. But yes. it's, it, it's worked for us, and we believe it'll work for many couples because it also sets an expectation that I'm going to get critiqued. A lot of people are not confrontational. Critiques scare them. They don't want to judge their spouse or be judged. But when you know you have a work performance evaluation, you expect it. Mm-hmm. You expect the good, and you expect some uh, constructive criticism. And I just wanted to add, too, regarding our YouTube channel, is we haven't uploaded half of the videos at all, but we will be uploading them very, we have more to come very soon. Exactly. Our main media nice. is Facebook Live, but we are transitioning over to YouTube. Work performance evaluation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, when friends and family talk about your relationship 50 years from now, uh, what is the legacy that you hope to leave for your children, for your family? And you know what? That that marriage is something that's enjoyable and one of the most blissful experiences that an individual can have. 
there's a lot of blissful experiences that our friends and family and folks look at. I don't think marriage oftentimes is one of them. I think people think that having a successful child is blissful. Um, going on vacations is blissful. Mm-hmm. Um, even having su- success, however they define it, is blissful. Um, but we want people to look at marriage as cool, fun, exhilarating, and a lifelong experience. And so hopefully our family looks back on our marriage and says that they had fun. They they were purposeful. They traveled the world. Yes. They they, and they enjoyed <laughs> every other. step of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that we want we want a legacy where if anybody defines our marriage, they define it as a blissful, exhilarating experience. Yes, I love that. I love hearing that exact thing because you know so so many times in society right now you hear you know marriage is such a downer. You know like. Mm-hmm. The ball, like the ball and chain. Like, right. What kind of analogy is right. that? Like that's a terrible analogy for the for your spouse. Like that's not a ball and chain. It's like your support, you know, your support system, right. your built-in support system that's there, there with you day in and day out. What would you say are some of the like the kind of rituals that you guys have that you know whatever whatever that means to you? Rituals that keep you connected, that keep you close together, that that keep you going towards each other as opposed to um, running away from each other? Uh, I would say prayer, um, mm-hmm. t- making sure we have consistent date nights, traveling, um, shared interest. For sure. What else is there? Yeah. Also hobbies, uh, oh, yes. certain, certain shows we watch, um, consistently together because they, they, it jocks great conversation for just the two of us. Like, we used to we 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 love to watch the real estate shows that are on any any yes, television. Yes. Oh, yeah. give, mm-hmm. of course. Plug to them, I guess per se, but we love certain real estate shows that right. we watch religiously. Um, but yeah, we make we make our uh, passions like passions. One mm-hmm. of the things I will say about men is men need rituals, and a lot of times men like love good company. Mm-hmm. I only can speak for a man because, of course, I'm a man. And I have a lot of guys I talk to who seek out to hang out with their boys. Because like what you guys are asking, them and their wives don't have rituals that they right. do. Hey, your ritual can be bowling every Tuesday. But bowl every Tuesday with your wife. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you if you can, right? Yeah. Um, make rituals mm-hmm. with your wife so you don't have this insatiable desire to get out with your boys and do what you would define as good company. Right. Um, if it's cooking, that could be a great ritual. And so we have a, we have a ton. Some are short-term rituals, like right. prayer is daily for us, but traveling typically is twice a year for us for right. uh, international vacation. So right. they're all things that we can look forward to doing. I was going to say, too, in a very, very small scale, which is just really small, but Howard mentioned we watch our programs together. We do not watch TV separate often, from each other. Yeah. Well, we don't watch TV often, yes. Or separate. And yeah. then secondly, we don't watch TV separate. So one person's not upstairs their oh, own wow. show and one person's downstairs watching their own show we always watch tv together always it's our whole entire relationship <laughs> yes that's very that's very true because a lot of people get home from work and they just go they become ships passing at night because one person loves sports right so he's watching or she's watching the game downstairs and one person may love real housewives of whatever city yeah. it is <laughs> <laughs> me and Daniel have gotten a lot closer, man. I've watched David Tutera's oh, yes. uh, wedding, whatever. <laughs> but I enjoy watching it because I'm I'm with Daniel. We talk about this stuff, and then we start enjoying it together. My wife is watching my my beloved Lakers out here, you know. So yes. 
I, uh, I think the small things uh, are just as important uh, as the big things in relationships. And um, one of the small rituals that we uh, do in our relationship is something that we've, we've called the sweep up. We'll, we'll go ahead and do it first um, and kind of show you how it's done and then invite you guys to, uh, to join right. us. Okay. So, Christian, what made you feel loved today? What made me feel loved today and actually has also made me realize, you know, along the way on this road trip, we've traveled like 10,000 miles together. And along the way, we've met some friends of yours and, you know, we've made... A, very um made it very intentional to go and visit friends from around the country and i've enjoyed meeting all of them like a lot like you have really cool friends <laughs> and sounds like you know like, nice. yeah and like hanging out with them and getting to know them you know we we had dinner with them last night and we spent a little time with them this morning um before we left and it was just it's just fun every time we go and meet you know, new people. I love doing that with you. And I wouldn't be able to have them in my life now without you. And Aww. I really enjoy you doing that and, you know, making a, making a, making a point to go and do that. That made me, that makes me feel loved. Oh, you're welcome, babe. Aww. And what about you? What makes you feel loved? Uh, it made me feel really loved um, that we, the friends that we, <laughs> we were meeting up with um they wanted to see a tour of our rv and it made me feel really loved when you without me even having to say anything you started like spraying down the counters and cleaning and and helping me tidy the house and it just made me feel really loved because that was something that was important to me and you just like did that without me even having to say hey I'd like to do this you just like did it and that made me feel really loved and um I really appreciated it you're welcome that's babe. beautiful sweet but I like it I like it too yeah and 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 now it's your guys's <laughs> turn you guys can choose whoever goes first <laughs> all right you guys set the bar high ladies first babe what made you feel loved today Danielle it made me, well, you do a lot of things that make me feel loved, but the main one that I want to highlight is you You make me feel loved because my dad is currently in the hospital and Howard, after his long days, long days of working, goes drives out probably about 30 minutes away to go see my father by himself at night. I don't have to ask him to go. He doesn't need me to be there. He goes and encourages my dad and takes some um, magazines and uploads gun smoke to his computer <laughs> at the hospital you know just doing these things and i really appreciate it because he could act like oh well that's your dad you go see him or you know i'll stay home and watch our son or just not want to help out or not want to be involved but i think that's very uh, selfless of you and i really appreciate it awesome Aww. <laughs> well i will i will i will say that you've made me feel loved today because one of the things that my wife is so good about is, is supporting um, vision. I mentioned that earlier. She's a great visionary herself, but she's very supportive. And when I met you, I told you you're the nicest person I ever met. And I feel like you're still the nicest person I ever met. Oh, shucks. And we talked about <laughs> and, and doing 
um, things to get us out with Marriage on Deck and doing podcasts. And Danielle made me feel very loved today because she had other podcasts and other speaking engagements that she could focus on, but she she placed our marriage and our marriage on deck ministry first by setting up this beautiful opportunity to speak with you all today. Aww. And in midst of all her other things that she could be focusing on, she made this a central focus because it's near and dear to both of our hearts. And so that made me feel extremely loved today. Plus, when I dropped you off earlier today, you came back and gave me a kiss through the window. That was <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> That's sweet. Of course. That is so sweet. Oh gosh, you guys, you guys have been so awesome. And you know, before we wrap up our show today, we just wanted to acknowledge the both of you for being so incredibly generous with, with your time, with your life, with sharing your love for to us and to our listeners, and sharing your, you know, your awesome message. We can't wait to hear and see more of those videos that you uh, will be uploading to mm-hmm. YouTube, and. Um, we, we just wanted to thank you so much for, for doing thank that. Thank you, um, We really enjoyed talking with you guys. Um, before we go, we just wanted to, you know, give you a chance to, you know, let our listeners know, what are you working on today? Where can people find you? You know, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, we have a website. Our website is marriageondeck.com. We are more active on Facebook. So we have a private Facebook group also by the same name, Marriage on Deck. We probably have maybe, I don't know, 600 or so um, subscribers. We are currently running an eight-week marriage boot camp. And so that will end sometime in December. And then we'll start it over again, possibly in January. We are branching out to have um, speaking engagements for seminars and workshops to talk about the areas of marriage, relationship, dating, and even singlehood. And then we are currently working on our first book together. Oh, wow. Sweet. When when will that come out? Maybe in about... First quarter of 2018. Okay. First quarter of 2018. Ooh. Wow, you hear you heard it here first, people. Breaking news. <laughs> 2018, awesome. We can't wait to get that. More of that performance evaluation advice yes, in there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, again, thank you so thank much you. for for chatting with us and uh, sharing your life with us. Uh, this was this was really great. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. We can't, we can't wait to hear about your 50-year anniversary. I know you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a great interview, don't you think? Yeah. What did you take away from it? What one thing could you take away from it? Well, I think the idea that I liked the most was just, you know, when they were talking about doing the performance reviews, um, in their relationship. I think it's really awesome that they've created this opportunity and this environment where they're just checking in with each other and being open, you know, creating an environment where they can be open with each other about how they're really feeling and what's really going on. Um, kind of like a, a longer sweep up. Yeah. And a, a more all-encompassing sweep up, not just like events for the day and not just for, you know, what made you feel loved, but, you know, what what made, maybe didn't make you feel loved. Yeah, or where you need more support. And I think a lot of times we can just assume, you know, oh, maybe our partner hasn't said anything about 
you know, they haven't complained yeah. about anything, so maybe everything's cool, you know, or they haven't they haven't told me how they were feeling about whatever, so they must be feeling great. And I think creating those spaces, those like safe environments within your relationship to say, hey, like, do you need something from me? Um, I think that's I think that's a pretty cool practice. Yeah. And I think we should incorporate it into our own, you know, whenever we go on our mini honeymoons or whatever we're going to call them. Yeah. You know, that's what we took away from Scott and Elise. We're going to do like mini honeymoons every six months. And then we can do that performance evaluation at that point. Because then that would be cool. If you're wanting to connect with Marriage on Deck and hear more from them, definitely head over to our show notes at swepttogether.com slash episode 60, where we're going to have all the links uh, that Danielle and Howard mentioned during their interview to their Facebook page, their YouTube channel, all that goodness, and you can connect with them there. Yeah, and if you want to connect with us, you can check us out on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages. And we would love it if you would rate us on iTunes. Just go over to swepttogether.com slash share the love and you can get some instructions on how to do that. Yeah, those ratings and reviews really make a big difference in helping us reach more awesome people like you. So until next week... Thanks, guys. Love you, guys. I think I'm okay. Just drink some water, babe. Jeez. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Swept Together. Let me do that again. Mm-hmm.